you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 114 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today, Bob Melvin made some lineup changes, Jonah Heim debuted, I have an idea for what to do with Chris Davis, we got the West Watch, and there was a no-hitter in baseball, so uh, I'll give uh, my two cents about that real quick. But there's a lot to get to today, so before I get started, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And if you could be so kind, please subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you like hearing my words, uh, subscribe to it there and uh, leave us a rating and a review if you can. Those are greatly appreciated. They help grow the podcast. And, uh, you know, we're trying to build something here at Locked On and I want to be a part of that. So uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews and uh, just uh, follow us on Twitter and we'll just have conversations during the games. It's a lot of fun. Each game, there's a, a few people that like to be like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? I love talking about this. It's a great time. So if you're one of those people, thank you so much for uh, following us on Twitter and, you know, interacting during the games because it, it adds another layer to the games. And I, I enjoy that a whole lot. So thank you to everybody who's been doing that already. Uh, if you are interested, just follow us at Locked on A's on Twitter. It's that easy. And then I will respond to you. It's it's not that hard. Uh, but anyways, let's get into yesterday's game. The A's beat the Texas Rangers 10-3, to and uh, the bats came out to play, and Matt Olson might be fixed. I don't know. So I'll run down the lineup that they that Bob Melvin posted real quick. It went uh, Marcus Simeon, Robbie Grossman, Matt Chapman. Those are the top three. Then you got Mark Canna, Stephen Piscotti, Matt Olson at, at four through six. Then you got Ramon Laureano, Tony Kemp, and making his major league debut, Jonah Hyam. So that was seven through nine. Uh I really liked seeing Robbie Grossman in the two hole. I know that he went 0 for 4, but he did have a walk and one of those 0 for one of those, you know, at bats moved the run over over from second to third, which was a big thing in the first inning. The A's did not capitalize, but Robbie Grossman, as he's been doing all season, gives you a professional at bat. And even though he went 0 for 4, he was giving professional at bats. I know that he didn't have a big, you know, impact on the scoring. He scored one run, had an RBI, but just having him right there seemed to solidify the offense a whole lot. And I like that uh, Bob Melvin moved him into the two-hole. Piscotti moved up a little bit. Olsen and Ramon Laureano moved down a little bit. And it took some pressure off of those guys. And Matt Olson had a game. Uh, but it also, the guys that have been having the best at-bats recently, like Robbie Grossman, Mark Canna, and Stephen Piscotti, were still kind of clustered together. But they were towards the top of the lineup more. So you're going to be seeing their at-bats a little bit more, which leads to uh, better outcomes, you would imagine. And for those of you guys that have been listening to the podcast for more than two weeks, uh, you remember that when Ramon Laureano was going down for suspension, I was like, hey, what's the lineup going to look like? Who's going to take over the number two hole? And I was like, hey, I think Robbie Grossman's probably the best bet. Maybe we'll see Tony Kemp there. It ended up being Tony Kemp for the, the duration. But maybe Bob Melvin was just behind on Locked On A's podcast. I don't know, but it seemed to work. So uh, let, let's see if Robbie Grossman has found a home in the two hole because I like seeing him there, even though he went over four. Professional at bats, which is something that Mark Hanna has also been doing a really good job of. Stephen Piscotty's coming through in a big situation at some point, so you can kind of plug him wherever if you want to. But he's been killing the ball. He's 
having a great month of August. He's hitting close to 300. He has five homers, 22 RBI. He's having a great month. He could be player of the month if he keeps this up. Although Jose Abreu had that really good weekend last weekend, so maybe not. Um, Anyways, uh, Matt Olson, he also had a game. Uh, He went two for four with two runs batted in and a run scored. He had a single, which was nice. That was right up the middle. Like to see that. That was his first at bat. Second at bat, he just went deep, like deep, deep. He went 450 to left or to right center, and uh, that ball was just absolutely crushed. I assumed that the ball was just in pieces when they found it, uh, if they even bothered to find it, because that ball was murdered. They're gonna have to do a chalk outline over that wherever that ball landed to commemorate the crime that was committed. But uh, moving on from murder to light treason, Marcus Simeon he went three for five with a two run homer. His ball wasn't nearly as murdered. He he did more of a straight pole job to left field and it went just over the cardboard cutout fans which were like two two rows deep so uh but again marcus simeon having a great series right now he is six for nine at the new globe which is what i'm going to call it now because uh, that just sounds right uh moving on to sean Manaya, he went five innings pitched gave up six hits three runs only one of those was earned struck out three he walked nobody he looked okay he may have hit somebody on purpose that's fine uh because matt chapman had gotten hit in the ear flap and this was retribution. That's uh, that's how baseball works, apparently. I- I'm sure that Chris Woodward's like, yeah, yeah that's fine. That's that's the unwritten rules. <laughs> we hit your guy in the face. We get one in the back. That's okay. Only uh, then there was two more hit by pitches in the game. Uh, Tony Kemp and Mark Canna all got hit by a pitch. So uh, I feel like if one more A's player gets hit like today, let's say, then there might be some suspensions handed down because uh, I don't feel like the A's are going to just keep taking all these hit by pitches laying down. I mean, they've been hit so many times and it is it really stands out when teams from Texas do it because they do it just at droves. Uh, so that's not fun. I don't know why the Rangers would have a problem with the A's because it's not like they're necessarily vying for the AOS. Like when the Astros do it, I get why, because, you know, Ramon Laureano, he's a loud, boisterous guy, which is awesome. We love that about him. But he was, you know, former Astros uh, farmhand, and he's been killing the Astros since. And uh, Mike Fires was the guy that blew the whistle. He is currently on the A's, and that's what got them all this heat. So you get why they would be mad at the A's. And also the A's were on the verge of sweeping them. You, you get it. Texas, get out of here. Chris Woodward just likes to hit people because he's old school like that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Chris Woodward, what are we going to do with you? Anyways, uh, Jonah Heim debuted, and he got his first major league hit in the seventh inning. That was a nice little single off to left field. So good job on him. Congrats to Jonah Heim. Uh, we're very happy for you. Your dad is a great person. Love following him on Twitter. He is very here for you. So, uh, you know, uh, be, be like... Jonah and James Hyam. They seem like good people and whatnot. So uh, anyways, let's keep it going. Uh, Tony Kemp, I don't know how I've not talked about him yet. He was hitting eighth in the lineup. He went one for two with a walk, three runs scored, and was just fantastic all game. Uh, Lots of hustle on him. There was a play where uh, he broke towards home, went back towards third, somehow avoided the tag from Todd Frazier. And, uh, you know, that set up the A's five runs, seventh inning. So, you know, good job on all that. Uh, Tony Kemp, I don't care what anybody else says about you. You're my second baseman. We don't need anybody else to come in and try and take that job from you or Chad Pinder. Or, oh, speaking of, Chad Pinder is on paternity leave. He, uh, so he's off the roster for right now. And they brought up Seth Brown. So that's that's also happening. And uh, also, Frank Lombardo's there and Vimeo Machin. They don't need another second baseman. They got plenty of guys. They can handle it. It's fine. Moving on, we got the hardest hit ball of the day, and that obviously belongs to Murder and Matt Olson. He hit his home run 110 miles... Uh, 110.9 miles an hour. There you go. Uh, on that home run, his single 
was the second hardest hit ball of the game, let alone by ace players. And that one came off the bat at 106.8. So, uh, Murder and Matt doing okay. Don't know if he's going to like that nickname. I can stop. Just thought it was kind of funny. Anyways, so yeah, Matt Olson crushing the ball. Love to see it. Hopefully he gets back up into like the four slot uh, again soon. If he continues doing this, I'd like to see this lineup for the remainder of the series, I think. See how it goes. And, uh, you know, if they need to make another change, go ahead. But, you know, for right now, I really like this lineup a whole lot. Random thing that I want to talk about. My favorite run of the game came in the third inning. And that uh, that inning started off with a Tony Kemp walk. Then Jonah Hyam walked in his first at-bat ever in the major leagues. Good job on him. Marcus Simeon grounded into a double play. And that moved Tony Kemp over to third base. And then pitcher Kyle Gibson threw a wild pitch. And Tony Kemp just scrambled home and scored. That is my favorite run of the game. I believe I tweeted out walk walk double play wild pitch rinse and repeat because the offense had not been good up until you know the seventh inning really so really however they want to score runs i'm fine with that if you need a couple of walks a double play and a wild pitch to do it i'm here for it so uh yeah uh i'm gonna wrap up this segment though with just saying that i would really like it when the a's load the bases against the texas rangers which they've done twice now in two games uh, I'd like them to hit a Grand Slam. San Diego got a really cool friggin' nickname when they did it. They just started hitting Grand Slams, and now they're Slam Diego. I would like a nickname for the Oakland A's as well, like Slam Town could work. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really work as well with, like, the rhyming scheme. But, um, I mean, uh, Stephen Biscotti hit a bases-clearing double uh, that with the bases loaded, so that was cool, but bases clearing double town doesn't really roll off the tongue. So I really need like slam town because that would be cool. So load the bases like a few more times and then just keep hitting dingers. I, I'd really appreciate that, you know, from just a baseball perspective. I think that'd be really good for team unity. And then if Chris Woodward wants to make his pitchers throw at ace hitters, then, you know, at least they've they've earned it this time. So uh, that's, you know, all the reasoning you need. I really don't want to be known as bases clearing double town. That's, I mean, I do, because that's also an effective way to score runs, but it's not catchy. So I need a catchy slam town nickname. So let's make that happen. Okay, guys. Um, all right. So that's going to be it for this segment. In the second segment here, I'm going to talk about what we should do maybe with Chris Davis. I don't know. It's not going to happen, but you know, it's, it's a thing we're thinking about that makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to talk about it. And then now uh, we got the West watch after that. And then I'm going to talk about Lucas Giolito throwing a no, no for like a minute. So, uh, Look forward to that stuff. It's coming right up for you. All right, we are back. Please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please email them to us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you have not, please subscribe to the podcast. Greatly appreciated. Leave a rating or review if you do, please. And uh, yeah, so let's get back into it. Chris Davis, he hasn't been playing a whole bunch. I think he's going to be in the lineup on Wednesday against the lefty, um, just because that makes sense. And that's how Bob Melvin's been using him. But there's not that many lefties in the major leagues that are starting pitchers. And if he's starting like twice a month or twice a week, then is that really worth having a Chris Davis on the roster? And I'm not trying to be down on Chris Davis. I'm just trying to be fair to Chris Davis right now because he's not getting playing time. And with how hot everybody else is, it kind of doesn't make sense to try and get him going too while also taking out like Robbie Grossman or Stephen Biscotti or something like that. Uh, I mean, maybe tomorrow, maybe Ramon Laureano sits and Mark Canna plays uh, center field just because Ramon is kind of struggling a little bit. Maybe he needs a day off. I, there are too many 
good bats in the outfield that could use the DH spot effectively right now. And uh, so why not use this time? Send him down to San Jose. And not like as a demotion, but as a way to get him some playing time again. You know, see some pitches that he might actually see in the major leagues against, you know, James Caprillion and Grant Holmes and Dalton Jeffries and all these guys that are down there that he has stuff or they have stuff that he has not seen before. And that's what he needs to start preparing for. It'd be a I think a nice little boot camp for him to, you know, hey, just throw him sliders down and away and then attack him up and in with fastballs and do, you know, whatever his flaws are, just throw him those pitches. That should be what these young guys are doing is trying to get Chris Davis right right now. That would be pay a lot of dividends, I think, personally. Then you have his spot at, at the DH, which it's not really even his spot anymore at this moment in time. That spot's open for, you know, the four outfielders or, you know, a Vimeo Machin to get a start or a Frank Lombardo to get a start if they need, you know, t- just to mix it up a little bit. And you could have Seth Brown up on the roster if you want to, maybe get him some at-bats. Uh, I- I'm apparently just creating at-bats out of nowhere, so that's a thing. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that's my thought is send him down to San Jose, have the young kids work against a major league hitter that has had a lot of success and, you know, try to get him out, but also don't be mad if he starts crushing dingers off of you. That, that should be what they're doing right now, I think, because they've got some major league ready talent. Either you're going to help the pitchers or you're going to help Chris Davis. Ideally, you help both, but with no minor league season and then, and minor league, you know, the, the minor league pitchers not able to face other minor league hitters. This is the best thing they got going for them. If they could send down a major league hitter that has led the league in home runs before, yeah, see what you can do. Give them your best stuff. Give them, a, like, have them down there for a week or 10 days or, you know, whatever the minimum is, and just see what he does. And if not, then you bring him back up. You also don't want to break him because you have Chris Davis for another year. So there's some obvious downside right there. And uh, I'm a little bit unclear, but I'm pretty sure that this is a thing that is actually viable that the A's could do. Uh, I, I don't think that he has options, but I think that after you sign a contract after free agency that you can still be optioned down because you don't need options at that point. I think that that's how that works because you're under a full contract as opposed to like the major league minimum or arbitration or one of those kind of contracts. So I'm pretty sure that this was actually something that the A's could do if they wanted to. I'm sure that Chris Davis would have to be on board because you don't want to make him mad or, you know, uh, just break him again. So so that is my big plan for Chris Davis is, you know, give him like a week out of town and see what he does facing some guys in the in the minors uh, that, you know, are actually trying to throw some pitches at him as opposed to, you know, batting practice, which isn't going to help anybody, I don't think. If it's a mechanical thing, maybe this is the best thing for him is staying up in the major leagues and, you know, working on a swing plane and doing all that stuff. But if it's just a matter of, you know, laying off pitches down and away and up and in, then sending him to San Jose is definitely the right move. All right, so anyways, I'm running low on time, so I'm going to do the West Watch real, real quick. The Astros and Angels play their doubleheader. Wednesday's game has been postponed and moved to uh, Anaheim for a later date in like a week and a half or so. So uh, that's how they're going to make up that game because of Tropical Storm Laura, I believe was her name. Uh, Basically, they split the series. Houston won the first one 6-3. The Angels won the second one, 12-5. Both teams saw 6 nothing leads and then a little bit of comebacks. But, uh, you know, the, the comebacks weren't big enough. So that was basically the takeaway from both these games is a big lead and then nothing much else happened. Uh, Brian Goodwin of the Angels went 2-4 for four in both games, you know, uh, split across both games. He had three walks, four RBIs, and a run. He is one of the guys that's on the trading block for the Angels. So uh, nice to see him showing out. Hopefully he finds a nice little uh, a soft landing spot if he does get traded. And the other game on the docket was the Seattle Mayors of Not Fun Town beating the Slam Diego Padres 8-3. Uh, I, I tried with Mayor 
Mariner puns. So that's the closest I got off the top of my head. Anyways, uh, Evan White had a big game. He, he went three for four in his last three games. He's still struggling overall, but in his last three games, he has five for 12 with a home run and eight RBI. So good job on Evan White. Like to see it. Manny Machado is also still banging. He went four for five with a run scored. JP Crawford, Austin Nola, and Eric Hosmer all went yard for their respective teams. The story, if you're the Padres, though, is Chris Paddock has the mark of the beast in the month of October. He has an ERA of 6.66. He did not fare well in this contest. He went five innings, gave up eight hits. He allowed six runs, and he struck out seven, which is a plus, obviously, and he walked one. So, uh, yeah, mark of the beast. Not the ERA that you want to have for any month. So maybe the Padres, like everybody else, on it's looking for additions, looking for starting pitching. So that, that should be fun. They got a lot of fun toys to play with and, uh, you know, make some trades with. So uh, trade deadline is now five days away. Billy Bean is saying that he's expecting the trade deadline to really happen in that last 24 hours. So my prediction of maybe the A's make a move to get ready for the Houston series uh, might not come come to fruition. But, you know, hey, I like the thought process. It's the process, not the results. Sometimes I, I'm okay with that. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all that. One last thing before we get out of here, though. Lucas Giolito had a no-hitter. He did really well and struck out a bunch of guys, and he only threw 101 pitches to do all those things. So good job on Lucas Giolito. He seems like a really cool dude. I enjoy rooting for him. I know the people were down on him when he first got to Chicago after the trade for who the fuck did they trade adam eaton oh my god imagine giving up lucas giolito for adam eaton no shots at uh at uh, adam eaton on this one he's a good player but he just gets hurt a decent amount and lucas giolito now has a no hitter which only hundreds of major league players have ever done so good job on him uh, but really though lucas giolito seems like a cool guy he was on the uh baseball barbecue bod- podcast from the suspicious barbecue guys uh during the off season, whenever you know, in the summer off season, and he was talking about Black Lives Matter, and uh, I really appreciated him coming out and doing that because most of the time you don't see uh, a lot of athletes in the baseball realm doing that. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm trying to educate myself. I I thought that I knew things and I didn't. So here I'm reading these books, and I thought that that was really cool. So very happy for Lucas Giolito. He seems like an excellent dude. Uh, keep keep shoving, my bro." That, that's how people talk, right? Keep shoving, my bro. Uh, I'm old. Anyways, I should get out of here. So on that note, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.